It's the crew of the year that y'all loving to hate If you fucking with the team, you catch a boot to the face Rebound from the boot, I hit the Irish whip Don't be mad, cause we know your podcast ain't shit Stop hating, motherfucker, you know he the man RJ gon' hit you with that ringside rant And them two hard hitters repping Montreal Godfathers of the crew, making sure we ball If you still wanna hate, there's no saving ya You might get beat down on talk of mania Listen to the whole team, the crossbody at work It'll make you realize that you should have been first And me, I cause chaos everywhere that I go 80 proof and no less got me ready to throw Don't step to the mic unless you want that smoke FPC, the whole team is like a knife to your throat Yeah! Welcome to Boot to the Face, Chris Rucker, EJ Reed here on Twitch, powered by FullPressCoverage.com. Go there for all your sporting wants and needs. And I hate to say it, but it probably ain't shit going on on that website right now because we're in the fucking dog days of the sports summer. Yeah, man. That part of the year where it's only baseball, really, as far as mainstream sports go. So, you know, more wrestling to watch then. Yeah, I guess so. I, you know, I I like baseball, but I like baseball in the playoffs. Right now, in June, I don't think the Braves fucking been on an eight-game winning streak means a whole lot because they could easily go on an eight-game losing streak <laughs> and, and it'd be the same fucking record, like 500. So baseball's the only thing going right now unless you like golf or NASCAR or some shit like that, which you know, I don't know about you, but I like golf only at the majors. Yeah, didn't they just have a yeah. U.S. Yep, Open? U.S. Open was this past weekend. Uh, my boy Ricky Fowler choked yet again. I've been cheering for this dude to win a major for 10 fucking years. And he's really frustrating, EJ, and I'm going to tell you why. 
Because he can go into Sunday at a major, and the leader will be like 10 under, and he'll be like 2 under. And he'll fucking go on this hot streak, and he'll get just close enough to get like second or third place. And it's like, damn, if he just would have been a little bit closer. But then this past weekend, he was tied for the lead going into the day, going into the final round, and choked. Like, shot like four over. Like, the leader, they were both 10 under. And the guy that won, I think, won at 11 under. And Fowler was fucking six under. So he went backwards by four strokes. The winner only went up by one. And it was like, God damn it, Ricky. Like, I don't know. That's my boy, though. He's You know, but you don't realize how much money you can make playing golf. I mean, you probably do. But I I read a thing years ago that if you just shot par and made the cut at every fucking tournament, you make like $10 million a year just for playing golf. And that doesn't even include like uh, endorsements and shit like that. Just if you play all four days, you walk away with money, no matter whether you win or not. Right. It could be like 52,000. It could be 2 million, but you walk away with money every time you make the cut and play Saturday and Sunday. So even though this guy doesn't win a lot, like he's rich as fuck. Sounds like I'm in the wrong profession. Switch over to golf. When I was in high school, they came to us uh, in team sports and, like, weight training class and all that, and they were, like, begging us to come be on the golf team. They were going to give us our own clubs, like, teach us how to play. They were trying to start a golf team up. And at the time, we were all laughing, like, golf, what the fuck? Like, we're not old, white, and retired. Man, if I could go back and get lessons and, like, I'm not saying I'd be, like, on a, I'd have made a college team or something like that. I'd be way better than I am now, though. And golf would be a lot more fun if I was out there, like, gambling on it because I was good. You were laughing back then. Joke's on you now. Right, right. Who knew that golf was – I mean, and Tiger was just taking off, too, because that was, like, 97, 98. So, like, Tiger was in full fucking Tiger mode. Like, I was watching. But I was like, I don't play no fucking golf. Man, I wish I could – if I could go back in time, that would be one of the, like, three or four things I would change. Man – I still hadn't taken up golf. I, I have no interest really, but I want to do it for networking purposes. It's so. yeah, especially you being a lawyer. Like that's where all y'all's uh, business gets tended to out on the golf course or the strip club. I guess you've been frequenting the titty bar, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess for if you had a private firm. Luckily, I work for the state, so I don't have to smooth like that right now. <laughs> yeah, but no, golf is. Uh, I picked it up. When did I start playing? I started playing uh, during the recession, like '09, when I got laid off of work, and my uh, my ex's grandfather like gave me some clubs. I was like, "Yeah, come play." He was a member at a country club, so like, if I didn't have school or whatever, he'd just take me to go play with him. And it was, I wasn't good, but it was fun. And now I've gotten, I've actually kind of like leveled out like i'm high 90 high to mid 90s golfer and like joey stillman's in the chat like he kicks my ass like nine out of ten times we play every now and then i'll get him wrestlemania invitational but he beats the shit because i can't like i don't practice enough that's one thing with golf you gotta practice you don't practice you just and going to the driving range just ain't fun it just makes me want to go play yeah uh he was i was talking to uh my best friend the other day and he was telling me how he just got into golf and 
how it feels so good when you actually connect with a ball, but he also said it's like nerve-wracking when you're on the course and people are behind you and you're messing up. Yeah. <laughs> and I told him uh, I told him that you had retired at one point. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't bother me as much as it used to, like people watching you, because now I'm to the point where I might hit a really good shot now and they might think I'm better than what I am. It's like one way or the other, right? Like I'll hit an either really shitty shot and they'll be like, that dude sucks, which I don't. I'm like decent. Or I'll hit a really good shot and I'll be like, damn, he's really good, which I, I'm not. I'm just decent. <laughs> so like now I don't care. Like the pressure doesn't. But it it is annoying when people are like riding your ass, like constantly riding up next to you, watching you. And you're like, I can't fucking go anywhere. Like we're waiting on people, too. So this is the time of year to play, though, EJ. You play uh, Twilight Golf after like six o'clock. Ain't that many people out there. It's always cheaper. They're just like, give me 20 bucks. You can play 18. If you go out there, usually you can finish in about three hours. I guess, is it well lighted? You play in the dark? No, I mean, you play until you play until it gets dark. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it gets dark at 930 at your house, it probably gets dark at, like, 9 on the golf course because all the trees and shit like that. So, there's really no light coming in because they block it all out, but... Yeah, you go about five thirty, six o'clock. You shouldn't have any trouble finishing unless there's assholes on the course that are like dicking around in front of you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's on my short to medium list of things to do slash learn. Yeah. Well, EJ, we got a uh, a lot of wrestling to talk about. This ain't a fucking golf podcast, you know. You want to hear that shit? You listen to go to fullpresscovers dot com. I'm sure they got. A golf podcast over there. We got a lot to talk about, EJ. Where do you want to get started? Because I'm sure the main stories in wrestling, we're going to have to take a little bit of time on. So you tell me where you want to start. Man, I don't even know. How about you uh, pick something? Well, we uh, we left off. Let's Let's start with Saturday night. We'll start with... AEW Collision debuts. It's looking a lot like Monday Nitro and ROH and Impact. Like had a three way and the baby came out, and I mean in a good way. I love the presentation of Collision. How'd you like the look of it? Like you said, it had that throwback look to Monday Nitro. Um, I don't know if they had a new stage. I think they just had the new graphics because I don't think. I mean, no, it was a different stage than what Dynamite has. Really? Yeah, it looked a little. Unless I'm crazy, to me it looked different. It looked a little more, uh, it looked a little cleaner. Like even the stage itself was kind of shiny that they were walking down. Um, I don't know. To me, it just it looked better. It presented better. Uh, the commentary team, my god, commentary makes such a big difference in wrestling. And not hearing Excalibur talk like this right before we go to break it. And you just got Kevin Kelly, who's like. Next week, this is what's happening. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just even JR didn't really bring it down when he came out there. I don't know about all that, but I agree with the Kevin Kelly and Nigel I, McGinnis. They were solid on there. Um, Kevin Kelly, I don't have that fond memories of him. I remember him being on WWE, but I don't remember him doing much. He was backstage. I think yeah, he's on Bite This as well, the, the online show, maybe. Well, he's been doing the American uh, commentary team for New Japan for the longest. I want to think he was with Ring of Honor. I could be wrong about that. Either Ring of Honor or Impact. But he's who you would hear 
if you would watch the American version of New Japan when, you know, New Japan was on like Access TV and shit like that, which I think it still is, isn't it? But it's like a month behind. Um, but Kevin Kelly was really good. Nigel was really good. The presentation, the look, the flow of the show was good. Like, they weren't throwing fucking 200 things at you at one time. Um, and then, of course, you had... They, here I am trying to talk, and they put a fucking Gigi Dolan video up on NXT. And, like, I'm paying, I'm looking at the camera, right? And all I see is, like, red hair and piercings in my fucking peripheral, and I got to look. What was I talking about? Man, they made you get off the assignment. You, you were talking about the presentation. <laughs> the, the presentation of Gigi Dolan is phenomenal. No, the presentation of uh, Collision was just... It, it seemed more professional than what Dynamite seems like, if that makes sense. I know it's the same company, it's the same people, but it just seemed different to me. I could, am I crazy? Maybe. It might have that, you know, new car smell. Just because it's something new, it, it might look like a little bit different. Or you might be right. I got to take a closer look the next show they have, because I thought they may have had the same stage and just had, you know, the different graphics on there. Yeah. But you might be right. They might have a completely new stage, but it looked clean. I like the look of, you know, this new show. Also, uh, what gave it a different feel were the wrestlers that were on it. Andrade came back. Miro came back. Um, who else? There was one more. Buddy Murphy and Andrade, I thought, had a really good match. Warlow loses the fucking TNT title to Luchasaurus, which makes no sense to me. Um, the main event was really good. The The women's match was good. Sky Blue gets the win in her hometown of Chicago. And then she breaks the internet because, you know, young lady in the crowd takes a picture of Sky Blue, like, on the apron, double caked up, and it gets, like, 1.5 million likes. And I like Sky Blue. She leaned into it. She retweeted it and was like, y'all know I got a, a Patreon, right? <laughs> and put he the does. link in there. Yeah. So good for her and all the women wrestlers, like, taking advantage of how thirsty us male wrestling fans are. Super thirsty. Had the neck bears going crazy in the chat. Yeah. they. You know, never mind. I'm not even going to. I'm not even no, going to no, go no. there. Let's hear it. No, it's just people. No, because it's going to seem like it's derogatory towards Sky Blue and it's not. But some, I saw some tweet was like, She's got a generational cake or the best cake ever, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, let's not be hyperbolic. She's hot, but, like, relax. Come on, man. All you got to do is go to the hood. I'll show you ten times the cake. And there's nothing against Sky Blue. The fucking girl's hot as shit. Like, it is what it is. But these motherfuckers are, I don't know. They just see one pair of ass cheeks and lose all control of their Twitter fingers. They lose complete control of their senses. Well, you know why, though. In the basement, it gets lonely down there, man. <laughs> Another thing they lost control for, EJ, was we had the return of one chick magnet punk. Came back out with his wrestling boots around his neck and a knapsack with supposedly the AEW title in it, which I, I want to talk about that once we get into all of this, but... What did you think about Punk's return, the crowd reaction, um, even him saying that he thought he was going to get booed? How did you like all that? As a somebody that's neutral, not a Punk lover, I'm not a Punk hater, 
It was solid. It was cool. Nothing groundbreaking. Went out there, threw a little jabs at the elite. Got the chairs, of course. It's Chicago, so of course he's going to get the chairs. Went back out for the main event. You know, they hit him a lot because it was a six-man, so he didn't have to do too much, as he shouldn't because you know how frail he is. But it was solid. What you said was really important right there. You said it was in Chicago, and I tweeted out, if he cuts that same promo in any place but Chicago, does it still have the same feel to it? Because to me, he came off like a fucking asshole in the promo. Like a conceited little dickhead. Now, if you don't know this about me, <laughs> I fucking can't stand CM Punk. Like, can't stand him. I've had this thing for 10 years, and it'll never be it'll never be a thing with me liking him. But to me, he just sounded like an asshole. Like, he basically came out and said, I'm a dickhead. I'm a curmudgeon. I'm never happy about anything, and I'm going to keep not being happy about anything, and y'all are going to keep cheering and keep booing because you can't not look at what I do, which in a way is right, like it's good TV, but he just comes off like, when me and Marty were doing the show when he first came back, I remember telling Marty like, he's very boring right now because he's so happy to be, like I'm just so happy to be back. I don't even know if I still got it. I just want to work with the younger people. People like CM Punk can't be happy at work. They have to have something to bitch about. It's what drives them. Oh, y'all talk shit about CM Punk on Haymaker? I'm going to start tuning in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a tick, <laughs> we got a TikTok out there because he was trash at fighting. I got to keep it a buck. He was trash at fighting. Well, he says that he's a tough guy in, in the ring. He said the other wrestlers are soft, which I thought was funny. But... He just seems like one of the people that can't be happy. Like, they're only happy when they're unhappy. And he couldn't wait for shit to go on in AEW. But it's like, shit went sideways in ROH. Shit went sideways in WWE. And now shit's going sideways in AEW. Eventually, it's you, dog. You're right. But, you know, the circumstances behind that brawl out thing. But I guess at the end of the day, he shouldn't have did that on the podium. So I guess it is his fault. He should have handled that backstage. I'm not going to sit here and defend CM Punk. They say if you wake up and you run into an asshole, you just met an asshole. If you get home at night and everybody was an asshole, you're the asshole. Yeah, that's true. That's CM Punk. Everywhere he goes, there's a fucking issue with him. You don't hear this shit about Daniel Bryan. He done wrestled everywhere. You don't hear this shit about Sting. Sting done been in so many fucking companies. Any, any of these guys are just jumping from company to company. You don't hear that shit about, but you always hear it about CM Punk. And for some reason, it's never his fault. Is it people are soft and they can't handle somebody with a strong personality? Or is it him? I mean, I don't know. I don't work there. But from the outside looking in, he just seems like a cocksucker. Hey, I mean, no really defending his behavior when it comes to everything that's blowing up. From he's like a walking landmine, but um, as far as his promo goes, you gave the Cliff Notes version. What verbatim did he say that kind of you know rubbed you the wrong way, or you just shook your head at? It didn't necessarily rub me the wrong way. It actually like made me look kind of smart because last week I said he was going to lean into everything that's happening. I was like, it'd be better if they did that, and that's what he fucking did. Like he leaned into it, talked shit about the Bucks, 
basically said, you know, everybody there is unprofessional and he's the best in the world and he ain't going to apologize. And in a way, I kind of like that, but I just don't like him. So so it's like I like the promo, but coming from him, I'm like, whatever, you're you're dick. Wait, what did he say? Uh, counterfeit bucks? I'm like, oh, man, this yeah. dude's spitting. Spitting bars <laughs> out here. <laughs> this motherfucker's spitting. You see me doing a little Jay-Z shit. Mm. <laughs> oh, it was a little cute line. I mean, he had to throw jabs back. Didn't they make fun of his uh, buckshot lariat and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, they did. When they first came back, they were fucking making fun of him and their little six-man tags, weren't they? Yeah, a little jab back. Honestly, I think all of them probably made up a long fucking time ago, and they're just, like, out here acting like they didn't. I think so, too. If it is, it'd be one of the best works of all time. Yeah, if it gets booked right. Um, mm. But Collision was... The, the main event was really good. Uh... Obviously, Juice Robinson took the pin just like we predicted. I did like Jay White and CM Punk kind of getting into it. That looks like that's going to be a feud going forward. But the feud I really want to see is Samoa Joe and Punk again. Like they brought up their ROH shit, and that crowd crowds go a long way for shows, man. Like you said, I want to see Collision next week when they're in Canada, and they've only sold like three thousand tickets so far. I want to see what it's going to be like then, because that crowd. Carried that fucking show. It's not gonna be good if they have a half full crowd in Canada next week. You know, everybody's gonna show up to Chicago. Chicago's the top three populated city in the country, but you know, this is gonna tell something about how the show is when they start going to these smaller markets. And we're gonna see this Saturday. I don't know if Punk's gonna be there. I don't think they announced anything for him for Forbidden Door, which is kind of shocking to me, but we'll have to see. The other thing Punk talked about was uh, he had the title, supposedly, in that bag, talking about he didn't lose it and until somebody beats him. For, shut the fuck up. Like, you were hurt. You relinquished the title. They had a whole fucking tournament. <laughs> and then MJF won it from John Moxley. Like, you're not the fucking champ. You can't just carry around. You're not Shawn Michaels from the 90s when he lost the Intercontinental title. Like, that's the other thing, too. Like, he just comes off like such a whiny little bitch instead of coming back like hey i'm gonna work my way back to the title picture he's like oh no i didn't lose motherfucker you left from 10 months the company's supposed to just stop having a champion because your frail ass got hurt again well to play devil's advocate in boxing terms he's still i guess technically the lineal champ to beat a man you gotta beat the man this ain't boxing ej don't nobody watch that shit <laughs> This is this is fucking pro wrestling, the most popular combat sport in the world right now. Nobody cares about. Yeah, WWE just over nine billion dollars. Yeah, and UFC was worth twelve billion. How much did they sell for? I mean, that's what they did the valuation, and it, UFC is worth twelve billion, and the WWE was nine when they merged. That's after the sale, though. I mean, they sold originally for four billion, but that was in 2016. Mm. And since then, I guess it increased to 12 billion when they did the valuation. I don't know how. Well, it's because they don't pay their fucking fighters. They got that money yeah. left over from not paying motherfuckers. WWE pays their employees. Maybe that's the difference. Do they though? I mean, they got a lot less employees, and they're still independent contractors. Roman's getting paid, Seth, but 
not all of them making million per uh, year. Not all of them, but the all the top tier people are. I know Becky's getting paid pretty good. It was a big deal about her contract a little while ago. Um, Usos are getting paid pretty good. I don't know. All the people like Dolph Ziggler and The Miz, like we talk about this shit all the time. Them boys are making money. Meanwhile, Mickey Gall beat CM Punk two times. That motherfucker probably works at Kroger. Uh, yeah, Mickey Gall. They're trying to like kind of build off him winning CM Punk against CM Punk, and it didn't went, go anywhere after that. But. Well, I mean, because CM Punk sucks at fighting. Like, <laughs> yeah, you beat CM Punk. Now go beat a real fighter, and he couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, but, but just from beating. About it, what we talk about again, Noah? You were just talking about uh, CM Punk. You said he's the lineal or linear champion, whatever oh, yeah, the fuck yeah, you yeah. called it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's good storyline. Yeah. If uh, you know he didn't lose the MJF, that launches him right back into the MJF uh, pro uh, segment or promo, whatever promotion. I feel like he had two two promos to cut. He had a heel promo and he had a face promo, and because the crowd was cheering for him in Chicago he started cutting the face promo but I think the thing in the bag the belt being in the bag I think that was more of the heel side of the promo mm-hmm. like if he's a heel he could come back and be like I never lost and they could boo the shit out of him like shut up dude you got hurt like we already got a champ it's MJF but him and MJF were supposed to have that match when he won the title MJF came out as the devil and like was gonna cash in on him so it is what it is. It's intriguing. I'll give Punk that. I would give him that. He's very. He's a lightning rod. Um, but I just, to me, he's a lightning rod because everybody's gonna be talking about him, and it's like it's fun to watch it and critique it. But when you get down to the fucking nuts and bolts of it, I don't see what everybody else sees with this dude. I don't see a good promo. I don't see a motherfucker in the ring that I have to watch him wrestle. I don't see somebody with good storytelling. Like, I don't fucking get it, EJ. Maybe it's not for you to get. (laughs) You're right. I mean, it's been that way for years. Like, there's been... I didn't like Daniel Bryan for the longest, and I've come around on that. I didn't like uh, Kevin Owens when everybody liked him, and I've come around on that. I don't, I'm never going to come around and like and see him punk. Like, I don't see what the big deal about this dude is besides a guy that comes out and bitches about his job. Fuck, I can do that. <laughs> we all can do that. Right. Like, what makes him so special that he gets to complain about his job? And at Man. best in the world shit, I can name 15 people better than him off the top of my head. They did the metrics and... When he was in AEW, they said they were doing their best ratings, their best gates. So, I guess yeah, the proof is in the pudding. That's that's my that's what I'm saying though, right? Like that's what I don't get. I don't get why he's a needle mover, or is it just one of them things where it's like, you know, people know you're gonna talk about him because all the bullshit that he pulls. So you, it's like a train wreck. You tune in, but I was listening to Busted Open the other day. And Bully Ray made a good point. I won't say that a lot. Bully Ray made a good point. He said, CM Punk supporters are a lot like Trump supporters. No matter what he fucking does, good or bad, they're going to back him till the end. And I was like, God damn, that, that's so right. Like, no matter what this dude does, 
he's always got support. Like, he left WWE and shit on wrestling the whole time he was in MMA. Like, I can't stand wrestling. I never want to go back, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as he got his ass knocked out a couple times and that MMA money ran out, all of a sudden he's doing signings at fucking pro wrestling tees and the line's around the corner. And then he comes back to AEW and it's a fucking sellout and everybody can't wait for it. Like, no matter what, his supporters will always support him. And I just, I don't see why. Yeah, I mean, he's got the fan back in. They love him for some reason. Uh, they'll walk with him through hell and high water. But we're going to see how this translates after this uh, latest rift between him and the Bucks because the Elite, they have that underground following too. And he got a little booze when they announced him coming back. He's not going to get booed in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see how they react in different cities. I think they should just go full, make him a full-fledged heel, man. He's going to have to be. I agree with you. I I agree with you. He's going to have to be a heel. He's not going to get cheered everywhere. He got cheered in Chicago. You know, smart on them to bring him back in Chicago. But let's see what happens when they go to Paducah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's see what happens when they go to Charlotte or fucking, or God forbid they go to California in the Bucks hometown or somewhere in Washington or something. Yeah, Canada where Omega's from, you know, like, or where's, where's Hangman from? Iowa? No, he's from uh, Virginia. Go to Virginia. Let's see what happens there. Where I don't know. We'll see. It's gonna be intriguing to watch, though. I'm excited, but I'm glad he's back. I don't like the guy, but I'm glad he's back. He's gonna give me a whole lot of content. They need to pull the trigger and just go into the uh, Hangman Elite Omega feud. Why are they waiting? Strike by the iron's hot. Nah, they gotta drag this shit out. You gotta, you gotta have patience, EJ. Look at the bloodline storyline. Yeah, but they need to put butts in seats, though. You're not wrong. They had a good no, show in in Chicago, but they uh, <laughs> admire. Wow, admire says Punk is the Nate Diaz of pro wrestling. No, that's Whew. a good uh comparison. It really Nate is. Diaz, Nate Diaz can lose ten matches in a row. And the Diaz Army makes excuses on why he lost, or he almost had him, even though he got like one lick and with ten seconds left. And he'll still come back and talk shit with both his eyes swelled closed and his lip busted and his nose broken, and still be like, "I'll fight anybody. I'll beat them all up." And his, yeah, that's a good comparison, Admire. It really is. Also, I don't like Nate Diaz either. <laughs> so, I don't like his fans. I don't like him or his brother. They both a little punchy. Yeah, they are. But, yeah, um, we'll see what happens with Punk. Um, hopefully, like you said, it's good for wrestling. I have a lot of talking points based on every movie does. Overanalyze. I will tell you this. AEW needs them. So. Yeah, they, they do. I'm not even like a numbers guy like that, but you want to see a company do good. I try not to look into these numbers like these nerds on the IWC do, but you know, you see numbers and you're like, you want them the company to do well. I mean, you can't help it though, right? Like when they go to a stadium that had 10,000 people there last time they came by and now they got 3,000 people there, like it's fucking noticeable. Like they came to Atlanta the first time 
when Cody jumped off the cage on Wardlow and they sold out State Farm Arena where the Hawks play. The second time they came to Atlanta, they couldn't even sell out the fucking stadium that the Thrashers used to play in. Like, I don't even know who plays in that stadium now. They do, like, little concerts and shit. It's like a little 5K stadium. Uh, me and Joey Stillman in the chat went, and Punk was there, by the way. I took a video that I posted. He was wrestling Lee Moriarty, I think. And it was so quiet in there, you could hear the fucking air conditioners kick on in the middle of the match. Mm, that's not good. No? I wonder why the fans being so fickle now. Cause it's not because the wrestling is bad. Um, is it because they keep going back to these markets too soon? Or it's because they're reading these backstage turmoil and it turns them off? I don't know. Honestly, man, that's a good question. I think... I think there's there's a lot of answers to it. Um, I think all the backstage shit is one. I think seeing that Tony basically has no control, no like he feuds in AEW go so quickly. Like your favorite wrestler could be on TV the two weeks before they come to your town, and then when they get to your town, he's not on TV. He or she's not on TV. They're not on TV for weeks after that. Like. There's so many starts and stops with people like Wardlow, like Ricky Starks, like Miro, you know, the list goes on and on, right? You can name all these people and they have the same people at the top. But then you got people like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who the company was built around, basically, and Cody. Cody's gone, right? The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, they're not even on the top 10 list of wrestlers you would name when you think AEW anymore. Like, the company's literally named after these motherfuckers, right? And they couldn't care less about, like, weekly episodic television. God, did you hear that thunder? Did you hear that? I didn't hear that. That shit was loud as fuck. Um, They could care less. So it's like, I tuned in to AEW at the beginning because I liked Omega. I like, not me personally, but, you know, the wrestling fan. I liked Omega. I liked the Bucks. Like, I liked all these people. I liked Cody. Now they're all gone or hardly ever on TV. The Bucks look like they don't even try half the time unless it's a time to get a fucking star rating from Dave Meltzer. So, and then you hear about all the backstage shit. So it's kind of like, I can just save my money and wait till WWE comes to town. That's true. I mean, I'm sure they have smart people behind closed doors and they can see not to hit this market that WWE just came to. But I'm no expert, but it seems like a few things they could do to try to fix it. Go back to the basics. Stop trying to go to these 15,000 seat arenas and for TV. Wait to do that for the pay-per-views. Go to like 5,000, 8,000 seat arenas. Make it seem like it's the hot ticket. Make it seem like you're missing out if you don't get a ticket. And also, Tony needs to give this booking power to some other people. Let them book have fresh ideas and then I don't know how they're promoting like locally when they're going to these places like you gotta promote like billboards go to the local radio stations and you know promote yeah. like that yeah I yeah, don't it's... know like I said I'm no expert though I mean I know they're the alternative to WWE like that's what they started as right but eventually you gotta kind of look at what WWE's doing cause the flip side AEW comes to Atlanta, and when they come back the second time, only like a third of the people show up. 
Well, the flip side is WWE, every time they do a show, they're like, this is the most money we've ever made in this market. Like, it seems like once or twice a week, WWE's posting something saying that the money they made at the gate that week is the most they've ever made in the history of the company in that city. So wrestling fans are out there. It's not like we're not spending fucking money. They're just not spending money on AEW. AEW has a dedicated number of fans, right? That go no matter what. But their their problem is they're not getting... People complain about WWE being geared towards children, but that's where the fucking money is. Like, if you gear it towards me, I'm 40 years old. Like, I ain't got much time left going to WWE shows. Now, if you gear it towards a 10-year-old, you not only get that 10-year-old's ticket, but you get one of his parents' tickets, too, because he can't go by himself. So you need to gear it towards the younger fan instead of the fucking neckbeards, right? Like, they only got so much money. They can only go to Vegas or Chicago once a year. I mean, I feel like there's a happy medium. I mean, you don't have to be PG, but I mean, look at WWF back in the day, the Attitude Era. They weren't necessarily marketing towards kids, but... It was a different time then, EJ. What's that? It was a different time then, though. I mean, even with WCW, it wasn't, like, super kid-friendly. Right, that's what I'm saying. It was a different time. You can't do that kind of shit anymore. You had to hear that. Yeah, Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Shit sound like it was right on top of my house. <laughs> but you don't want to be a carbon copy of WWE and go PG and market right. more towards kids. But I don't know. Well, that's, I'm, I'm not saying be a copy of them, but the fact that the best fucking thing going in WWE right now is a storyline that's been going on for three years, and it's got like numerous amounts of people over. Like you got to fucking. You got to look at their template, at least, and think, okay, I can't just book for the next three weeks. I need to book for the next three to six months. And that way, the story has time to fucking brew. But they hotshot everything. Sometimes they give away matches that are, like, so good. And you're like, man, this would be so great if it had a fucking story to it. I'm a storyline guy, EJ. That in-ring shit, yeah, that's cool. Make me fucking... Pick a side, you know? The best thing that happened in wrestling last week wasn't CM Punk coming back. It was a fucking super kick from Jey Uso to Roman Reigns. That was it. It wasn't a fucking five-star match. It was literally a guy turning around and kicking another guy in the face. And that's all I thought about during wrestling last week. Make me fucking feel something, AEW. Yeah, I mean, you know what they say. The truth is somewhere always in the middle the, they're doing something right. They just sold sixty five thousand in London, even though it's their first time going over there. You know, but you know the numbers aren't what they quite were back when they first started. So things have ups and downs. So you know, I'm sure they'll be able to right the ship. They just got a new deal with TNT. Yeah. So I feel like see. that's the that's an outlier more than the norm, though. That sixty five thousand. And look. I know it sounds like if you just tune in and you listen to us, you probably think I'm an AEW hater. I'm not. Like, I like AEW. want them to do well. But I also want to tell the truth. Like, yeah, they got 65000 sold in London. But in fucking Iowa, you know, they can barely sell 3,000 seats. That collision tour that's going on, even with CM Punk being announced, 
you know, some of those places have only sold three to 5,000. Last week, excuse me, for Dynamite, there was only three to 5,000 people in the building. Now, there ain't nothing to sneeze at, but when you got a 10,000 seat arena and half of it is empty, and then you turn on Friday night, Monday night, and it's fucking ceiling to the floor full of people, like, you can see the difference. Now, they did just get a new contract, so that's a good thing. They got a new show, so that's a good thing. They need to capitalize on that positive momentum. And hopefully, Collision, whoever booked Collision, it wasn't Tony Khan, I don't think. I don't know that. But whoever booked Collision needs to keep booking Collision. Because I, I liked it. I liked the flow. I liked the wrestlers that were involved. They didn't do a lot of promotion for it. You, They didn't say anything about what's going to happen next week on Collision. Like, it was a one-time thing, but, yeah, they need to, they just got to book better, man. Honestly, like, they got the wrestlers, they got the personalities, they got the money. Just fucking book better. Yeah, um, I think they said Danielson was helping book Collision, so maybe that's why you enjoyed it so much. I don't know, but I did enjoy, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, I was... In my hotel room in Orlando Saturday night watching it. And I don't watch a lot of wrestling live unless it's a pay-per-view. This didn't feel like a chore. Like Monday Night Raw feels like sometimes. Or like Dynamite. It was just like, it was smooth. You know, CM Punk came out. Right after that, they went into Luchasaurus and Wardlow. So I was like, cool, I can go take a shower while this is on. (laughs) You know, and then they had the women's match after that. They had a couple interviews like... It was just a good fucking show. The look of it was crisp. It looked like a professional fucking wrestling show. And they need to keep it that way. And the crowd didn't hurt it. Yeah. You kind of touched on it. My problem really isn't with the top guys storyline. Mine is the mid card and the enhancement talent stuff. Like You'll see Lee Moriarty one week randomly on Dynamite. Then you won't see him again for another two months. Like, I don't like the randomness with the mid-card with AEW. And I think that's a big reason why the attendance is dropping. You know? Like, yeah, you're going to see Moxley. You're going to see MJF, maybe. You're going to see all the people on the top of the card, right? But then people got their favorites. Like, I'm a big Scorpio Sky fan. I'm a big Miro fan. These guys are ready to come back. Where the fuck are they? Scorpio Sky had a... um, a vignette on for collision so i'm glad to see he'll be back there miro just came back but it's like miro was tnt champion lost the belt to fucking sammy guevara and then he's gone off tv for seems like a year no explanation guy's just off tv ricky starks comes in has fields of people then he's off tv uh will hobbs wins the fucking tnt title has it for a month and then loses it and now he's not wrestling anymore he's doing fucking qtv like, it's like Tony Khan's like, oh, shit, who was that that just walked by? And Arn Anderson's like, oh, that's Will Hobbs. He's like, we ought to put the TNT title on him. And then right when he thinks that, he sees somebody else, and he's like, oh, shit, who was that? And he's like, well, that's Wardlow. Like, no, let's put the title back on him. Like, he's forgetting about the people that he's got, and then he sees them, and he just, like, shoots them to the top and then back down to the bottom. There's no consistency. The TNT well. title has changed hands six. Six times this year, EJ. We're in June. Yeah, I mean, I think that title is kind of meant to be the hot potato title, even though, you know, 
you know, that might not be the right thing to do with it, but and they're treating the international title a little bit more prestigious. But I was going to say, I think that's what the collision show is for. It's because, you know, they have an oversaturation of talent. So now that they have this show, they should be able to correct some of, you know, the non-cohesiveness of the show. And if not, then we know it's a Tony Khan problem if they're not able to showcase their talent better in the next few months. Yeah. Um, let's t- excuse me. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into the only storyline bigger than CM Punk coming back. And that's the bloodline. We'll get into that. We'll talk some Forbidden Door. And we even got power rankings on the other side of the break. So please stay tuned here on Boot to the Face. See you in a minute.
Welcome back, Boot to the Face, Chris Rucker, EJ Reed. You're listening to the melodic sounds of Tori Kelly. I like that cover. It's a good looking young lady, too. That's a pretty chill cover. I dig it. I find that uh, doing 80 proof, you know, because on Twitch you can't play. Uh oh, my bad. On Twitch you can't play copywritten shit, right? So on any proof we would we would find a lot of covers and stuff. Some covers like sound better than the fucking regular songs. Yeah, I know. you like the that MGMT cover with the electric, oh, yeah. electric feel. Shock me like an electric feel. Yeah, like you said, some covers are better than the original version. Yeah. Uh breaking news, EJ, not really breaking, but I'll be at the Impact tapings this weekend here in Atlanta. Where? Yeah. Who's who's uh advertised for it? Uh, Trinity's wrestling. Uh, oh fuck! What's the guy's name that's with Giselle Shaw? Yeah, I'm kind of bummed about that too because one, I'm not really into the intergender wrestling, and I know like he's kind of a you know <laughs> he's not necessarily a. How can I be delicate about this? He, he, <laughs> I don't even know how to... How yeah, I, whatever. It is what it is. I just don't like intergender wrestling. And this is going to be my first time seeing her. I don't think I've ever seen Trinity wrestle live. And I was really hyped about watching her wrestle. And now she's wrestling a guy. And not really feeling it. Um, I'm excited about seeing Kill- Killer Kelly again in person. Um Impact's got a really good women's division. Like, I'm a big fan of Killer Kelly. Uh, big fan of Trinity, obviously. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo can fucking wrestle her ass off. Um, they got they got a few people there that I like. And then in the men's division, you know, Trey Miguel's really good. Uh, I'm, I'm like, every time I start liking Moose, I read something else about him. <laughs> that makes me not like him. Uh but yeah, Impact's got a good a good solid group of fucking wrestlers there. And I tell you what, it's always fun to see Impact live. Like I'm excited about that. It's T V taping, so I'll have some notes and shit like that when I come back, but it won't be any spoilers for because I think it probably won't air for about a month. But I will tell you like my takeaways about it and it'll probably be about what Killer Kelly's wearing. <laughs> hey, uh, spoiler alert! Um, yeah, I went to TNA. You know, back when Impact was TNA, to a show in '06. They were hmm. at the Music Farm. It was a pretty small venue, but you know, it was intimate setting. I think uh, that's just back when New Age Outlaws were like VKM. Yeah, and then. Uh, I think they had a young AJ Styles there because I went back because I forgot who was there. I even bought a recording of the, the the show that I went to. They printed out pretty fast at the venue, or they I think they made you write your info down and then they mailed it to you. I think that's why they did it. But, yeah, it was um, a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a VHS too. But uh, yeah, it was Samoa Joe. I think I went back and like looked up that taping and I'm like, I saw that dude wrestle. It was like Samoa Joe and AJ Styles there. I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, the first Impact show I went to was Bound for Glory. Oh, I want to say 07 because 
I watched the Cowboys are five and zero, and the Patriots are five and zero. The year the Patriots went undefeated, and the Patriots beat the Cowboys. And I watched that game, and then me and my friend Brent went to. I want to say it was at State Farm, but that could be a lie. Maybe it was at Duluth where AEW has their shows at. But it was Bound for Glory, and we bought really good tickets, right? We were on the floor, but everybody was standing up in front of us. So we moved to where, like, the family and friends were sitting. We just fucking walked over there. Nobody said anything to us. So we're sitting with, like, the wrestlers, family, and friends and shit, and it was... I want to say it was Kurt Angle versus Sting for the world title. And like Kevin Nash got involved. I think it was when it may have been the uh, knockouts inaugural championship. It was a battle Royal. And I think Gail Kim won the title off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and look. I don't even think I've watched that since then, but yeah, I do remember Sting Sting won the world title, uh, which is why we went. And then, me and Joey Stillman in the chat went to a uh, we went to a house show at I think the Tabernacle. And we got front row seats, and where we were sitting, the one side we were sitting on, for some reason was elevated above the ring, so we were like looking down at the ring. I I gotta go find those pictures, and it was Mickey James trying to win the title against Brooke Tessmacher. Brooke was the champion, or Brooke Adams, whatever you want to call her. And uh, what's the little motherfucker's name that nobody likes? Austin. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. Austin. Uh, Austin Aries. Austin Aries was the world champion. And me and Joey got to get in the ring and take a picture of him. And that was the first time I had met Mickey James. And Joey will tell you this. This, this happened. She, she comes out, right? She makes her entrance. And I got a big Dallas Cowboys shirt on. And she, like, points me out in the crowd. And I was like, I sound like Hulk Hogan when Sting was pointing a bat at him. I was like, she's pointing at me. She's pointing. Joey was like, I saw it. <laughs> so we went to meet for the meet and greet. It was funny. And uh, we were talking shit to the security guard because he was a Giants fan. And she was giving him shit. Uh, yeah, was, Impact's fun, man. Impact's really like intimate sounds like a, a derogatory term when you're talking wrestling because that just means small. But it's it's intimate in like a good way. Like. They interact with the crowd. Like, you're a part of the fucking show. As long as you're not being a dick. You know what I mean? Like, trying to get over on your own. Just be there to have fun. Impact's a lot of fun. I encourage anybody listening right now. If Impact comes to your town, fucking go. It's not that expensive either. And it's damn good wrestling, too. Yeah. I've seen Impact more in the past year than I've seen anybody else. This will be my third Impact show in the past year. This will be my third Impact show since October. Yeah, I know they're, you're out there in Vegas. I think it was a, wasn't a coincidence you were out there at the same time. They were yeah, there. I just happened to be in Vegas, and they were doing a show out there, so I went, and then we saw Mickey James win the world title here uh, at the pay-per-view that was in Atlanta, and now we're going to TV taping. So go support your local Impact <laughs> small business because <laughs> they got a really good show, just, you know. If you can, boo the fuck out of Bully Ray. Yeah. And Steve Macklin. Boo those guys out of the building. And my homie. The guy Nick Aldis is is back in NW. I mean, in Impact now. Yeah. Mickey's husband. Uh, Let's get into Friday night, EJ. Let's get it. SmackDown was basically built around 
will Jay Uso fall in line? And he comes out, cuts a. Ri- he cut a promo, and he's like stumbling over his words. But I can't decide if he was stumbling over his words because he was messing up the promo, or if it was like a thing where he was just so fucking like, you know, how when you get mad and you you're in an argument with your woman or you're in an argument with somebody that you you know you could throw hands with, and you just can't even fucking like talk straight. I wonder if that was more what it was supposed to be like. He probably didn't do it on purpose. He's probably living in the moment. And he knew it was coming. So maybe he got a little bit excited. Yeah. But, you know, that adds to it, though, if it seems, like, authentic and real. Because, like you said, when you get mad in real life, tie your words up a little bit. Yeah, like, you know that's not what I meant. Well, that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get hung up on one fucking word. That's not what I meant. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. You know, normally, I'll tell you that Jay Uso's the MVP of these segments. Because he normally is. But honestly, Roman was the guy this week. Roman Reigns was so good. Just every little thing that he was doing, like trying to turn Jay against Jimmy. And then when Jay told Jimmy, you're out, Roman fucking opened his mouth and fucking threw his head back and just starts laughing like hell. And Paul Heyman was really good, too. Um, But the whole segment was just. It was so well done. And yet. I didn't like it. What? I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I enjoyed it. I I okay. I didn't. I shouldn't say I didn't like it. I liked it. I didn't love it the way I wanted to love it. And the reason is because I've already seen Sami Zayn turn on, turn on Roman. I've already seen Jimmy turn on Roman. So now that Jay, the main character, you know. You could make the argument that the bloodline storyline is not about Roman; it's about Jay Uso. Are you one of those guys? Is like, um, was it that the TV show? Oh, Cobra Kai is not about, or the Karate Kid ain't about Daniel Russo. It's about what's the guy's enemy's name? Oh, uh, Strike Fast, Strike Hard. That guy. Yeah, I, I never. Guys? I didn't really watch Cobra Kai or too much of Karate Kid, but. Daniel LaRusso was a cocksucker, though. I will tell you that. Like, I, I will tell you he was the heel. Like, I, I, I agree with those. I agree with uh my boy uh, Neil Patrick Harris and How I Met Your Mother when he talked about Daniel LaRusso being a bad guy. I agree with that. He just shows up in California from fucking Brooklyn, stealing somebody's girlfriend, like, causing all kind of trouble. He deserved to get his ass kicked. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying that Jay's been – a big focal point of the storyline too, but at the end of the day, it's about the head of the table when he showed up on SmackDown, wreck everybody and leave, or that SummerSlam 2020. Yeah, but that wasn't Bloodline. That was just Roman. You can't you can't have the Bloodline without Jey Uso. You can't, but definitely can't have it without with the main guy on your right. T-shirt. Right. You can't have it without Roman, and you can't have it without Jay. You can have it without Jimmy. You can have it without Solo. You can have it without Heyman. You can have mm-hmm. it without uh, Sami Zayn. You can have it without all of them. It was built on the back of Jay and Roman. When 
Jimmy was hurt and Solo wasn't even in NXT yet and Sammy was fucking running around like Fidel Castro. It was Jay and Roman main eventing when Andre the Giant Battle Royal having two really good world title matches against one another. A storyline that like where you broke one guy down and his brother comes back and this is all about Jay and Roman. And I don't know if I quite agree with you about the Paul Heyman thing because he kind of solidified Roman as like, all right, this dude talking business when he came back with Heyman. I mean, he could have still pulled it off, but Heyman is pretty crucial part of the bloodline too. Honestly, if you if you look back at it, EJ, I think them putting Heyman in it, I don't think there was a plan for the bloodline to be as strong as it was. I think the plan was for Roman to just be a crazy heel and Heyman the fucking be the one in his ear and then this tribal chief and wise man thing because it didn't start out like that as a matter of fact it started out like Heyman was the one calling the shots and then it kind of morphed into this bloodline tribal chief type thing I don't think it would have started like that it started like that because then Jay got involved and it was like well I'm in charge of the family and blah 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 but if it just would have been Roman and Heyman and it would have been no Usos involved, it, there would have been no bloodline. Yeah, that's true. But I think, you know, if it was just Roman and Heyman, I mean, you still could add those two. It's not like, I get what you're saying, but I think I still think Heyman is a pretty crucial part of the whole equation. But um, you said you didn't like it. Would you have rather... Jay turned on Jimmy, I guess, and then stretch no, it out some more. No, I, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. it. I don't think it was as big as. I don't think it was as big as it could have been if Jimmy and Sammy hadn't have done it already. Mm. I think they should have kicked Sammy out without him turning. And I think the strife with Jimmy, Jimmy shouldn't have hit Roman, but like it should be some animosity between them. And then when Jay turns around, kicks Jimmy out of the bloodline and then says, I'm out too. And then kicks Roman in the face. It's more impactful because we haven't seen two people do it in the past three months. Mm. That's, that's fair assessment. So I guess you would like them to kind of stretch out the tension between Jay and Roman. I mean, basically, like like I said, if they just if they would have kicked Sammy out instead of Sammy turning, like that whole now the way it was done was great. Like it was a big moment, like it got a big pop. But in the grand scheme of things, when you look at it now, going back, if they would have kicked Sammy out as opposed to him leaving, if Jimmy. Didn't kick Roman in the face, but him and Roman still had issues like they're going at it and Roman's trying to turn Jimmy versus Jay. And then Jay tells him you added a bloodline because you didn't want me to be the right hand man. And then turns around and says, I'm out too," and kicks Roman in the face. You haven't seen anybody do that to Roman yet. It's a bigger fucking deal. But we've already seen it twice. I mean, shit, it was less than a month ago. Jimmy super kicked him like that's just what people do now. They super kick Roman in the face. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's part of the story they're telling slowly but surely people aren't respecting them as much and just kicking them in the face but let me ask you this since they did go those routes of 
uh, Sammy kicking him and Jimmy kicking him. How would you have liked for it to play out since those two events already happened? You mean if without the, that's what I'm that's what I just kind of laid out was I would have rather the the bloodline turned on Sammy and then Jimmy. No, and, not, not, well, I'm saying now that but they didn't. But how would you have liked to play? Oh, since? the way they did it Friday was perfect for what's oh. already happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I, when I say I didn't like it. I it was kind of over exaggerating. I guess I did like it. Like it literally made me stand up off my couch when it happened. Because I honestly thought, man, fuck, Jay. Really? <laughs> I was like, really, Jay? Come on. And then when he said, I'm out too, and he turned around, I was like, oh, shit. And then when they both super kicked Roman, like, and shout out to Roman. He sold the fuck out of that double super kick. Like, you thought he was dead. <laughs> yeah. Hats off to the tribal chief. I mean, we're kind of seeing how this story is going to play out. Didn't they officially uh, announce the match for Money in the Bank? Yep. I think so. I think the end is coming for Roman's run. Here's the thing, though. If WWE can sign Gorillas of Destiny, I don't know what their contract status is. They could literally just replace the Usos. Now, I shouldn't say they could replace them, but the bloodline will just keep fucking going with. G.O.D. is the new fucking heavies like the Usos and the Usos trying to get the Roman. The Usos got a younger brother also that's not solo. They got another brother that they could wrestle. There's a, like there's so many variables they could bring into this storyline and keep it going. Or like you said, it could be the end of the line. We don't fucking know, EJ. And that's what's so good about it. But you know yeah. what? You, the one thing we know about this storyline is it's not going to be over next week and they all randomly get taken off TV like if they were in AEW. That's why people keep tuning in. It comes full circle with the first part of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it looks like we're getting Jay and Roman at SummerSlam, I guess. So, I, I put this in our Discord and this is what I would love to happen. First off, I'd like Jay to beat Roman at Money in the Bank. Just pin him. Roman ain't been pinned in years. Get Jay Uso to pin him. That way, even if Jay doesn't take the title from him, he still got a win over Roman. I think, I think Jay, I shouldn't say deserves it because it's wrestling, but like the character of Jay deserves to beat Roman. He deserves to be the one to pin him for the first time. Um, but to me, the the perfect ending for this and I don't even I don't I can't tell you what pay-per-view if they could stretch it out to Mania go ahead eventually Solo and Roman have a fallen out but Solo still doesn't like the Usos and the Usos kind of have tension and they do a four-way elimination match the Usos double eliminate Solo and then Jimmy lays down and lets Jay pin him and tells him like now go get that motherfucker <laughs> and it's just Jay and Roman, and Jay fucking beats him. To me, that's that involves everybody. It gets everybody in that main event. the The storyline culminates with a four way bloodline main event where they're all in the main event. It's a good fucking story, and then you have Jay win. Now Jay's probably gonna have a title for about a month <laughs> before. Before some heel, but you know, you can have fucking LA Knight cash in on him if he wins money in the bank. 
and then have Cody beat him since he can't beat Roman. Like, whatever, right? But Yeah. Um, Kind of piggybacking off what you said, I wouldn't be mad at Jay getting pinned. I mean, not Jay getting pinned. Roman getting pinned at Money in the Bank, but then him beating Jay at SummerSlam. But you know what I think that leads to? I think that leads to Cody beating Roman at Mania with Roman without a crew. Now you don't got a crew. Now I can beat you. I think that's what it's going to lead to. I just, I know Cody's over and that's my guy, but I just, I don't, I don't give a fuck about Cody beating Roman. Neither do I really, but I'm telling you that's, that's probably going to happen. Why <laughs> though? Like it, there's, there's no story with Cody and Roman. He won the Royal Rumble. He fucking lost. Get over it. They manufactured the story for him to finish the story. There ain't no fucking story. The story is <laughs> too be continued. Hey, I agree with you. I'm just thinking from the WWE's mind, not a Vince's back there too, making the way up shots. Even though he's not, you know, day to day, he's still making the higher up calls. I love Cody. Cody's one of my favorite wrestlers in the fucking world. I got on an airplane for the first time in years and went to Chicago to see Cody fight Nick Aldis at All In, right? I bought Bullet Club shirts. I started watching New Japan. Like, Cody had me doing all that. I do not give a fuck about Cody Rhodes beating Roman Reigns. I don't care. When Cody Rhodes wrestled Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, I was cheering for Roman. I ain't cheered against Cody since he was Stardust. But when he came up against the Tribal Chief, because the story's not involving Cody, he's just a guy that won the fucking Royal Rumble. He got his title shot. He main evented WrestleMania. He lost. Get the fuck over it. Go do something else. You're on Raw now. Why has everybody got such a stick up their ass with Cody being the one to beat Roman? Oh, we can go back to Cody at WrestleMania Philadelphia. For what? I don't know. <laughs> People are clamoring for it for some reason. It doesn't make sense as far as the long-term telling of the story, but Cody's over right now. If Cody would have won at WrestleMania, we wouldn't have what we got right now. I know. I didn't want him to win at WrestleMania, and I predicted him to lose at WrestleMania. Now, when he does win, it's going to be cool as shit to see him open his fucking Homelander robe up and have the world title on his waist. Like, I'm excited for Cody about being the world champion. It just ain't his fucking time yet. And Roman's not the guy for him to beat. There's a list of people that deserve to beat Roman before Cody. Jey Uso. Seth Rollins. Solo. Jimmy Uso. There's your list. I don't agree with Jimmy winning it. Clearly. Right? Maybe Solo. After a while. Right Jim- now, Cody's over Solo. Right now. <clears throat> Cody has nothing to do with this storyline. He he doesn't. I don't, I don't want him to win it. I'm saying as far as how they've been built so far. He's not even on the same show. I know. That's why he's There's probably going world- to win the Rumble again or the Elimination Chamber. There's a world title on his show. You know, you know they would eat him alive if he won that title. <laughs> Talk about finish the story. <laughs> it's still the world title. Like, <sighs> I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. 
I can see Jay winning the world title actually somehow. Honestly, I wanted I wanted Jay in the Money in the Bank match. I thought, obviously, it didn't go that way. But I thought if Jay would have got the Money in the Bank, you know, without turning on Roman, and just could have caused that fucking dissension of like Roman always looking at him carrying a briefcase around, like, what are you gonna do with that? Oh no. <laughs> what you mean you don't know? You going to Raw, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and them trying to like manipulate him. Like, I thought that would have made for good TV, but you know, it is what it is. They went this way, and I like it. I I like the fact that the Usos are leaning into it too. They're talking shit on Twitter. Like, I think that match is gonna be really fucking good. Yeah, London. They're gonna get their money's worth with this Money in the Bank card. Don't be surprised if somebody else shows up and joins the bloodline, though, and the Usos don't win. I hope that happens, man. I hope they reload the bloodline. Roman Reigns is probably my favorite male wrestler of the past 10 years. But if they reload the bloodline and it's the bloodline 2.0 versus the Usos, I'm Team Usos, man. That's my favorite tag team of all time. Really? Yeah. I like them more than the Steiner Brothers. I like them more than the Road Warriors. I like them more than Harlem Heat. That was my top three tag teams right there when I was a kid and up until now. And the Usos have passed all of them. Hmm. Good that you brought that point up because I don't even know who my top tag team wrestlers would be. I have to think about that. Yeah. We should do a... You know, me and Marty used to do... When we were on Blog Talk, we would have call-ins. And we did a couple shows where, like, what's your favorite title? What's your favorite tag team? People would call in, like, give us their list. We could do one of those shows where we come up with our favorite, uh, you know, tag, top five tag teams. Just like a little segment. Top five tag. I mean, I can tell you mine now. The Usos, Harlem Heat, the Steiner Brothers, the Legion of Doom, Road Warriors, and probably the New Day. That's my top five. Man, I don't want to... Go off subject, but where is New Day? I know that, uh, Kofi was hurt. Kofi got hurt. Big E's hurt. So fucking it's just Xavier, and he's fucking running around up, up, down, down. Man, shout out to New Day. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else you want to add to the segment of uh, the Bloodline? If not, we can get nah, to man, our... I think we hit on everything. It's compelling TV, and they have everybody on the edge of their seats, so... Let's see where it goes in the next month, two months, three months, four months. Well, let's get to our power rankings, EJ, because we still got to predict uh, the matches that are announced for Forbidden Door. Let's get it, man. Power rankings this week are, as usual, uh, off the top of my head. <laughs> I know who my top three are. But I don't know who my four and five are yet. So you can go first with your number five, EJ, and I'll I'll sit here and pon- ponder mine. So last week, this time, I didn't watch, I think it's against all odds, the Impact pay-per-view at this point. But I'm going to give number five to the new Impact world champion, Alex Shelley. Won at against all odds and then uh, won that 10-man tag. With him and the machine, the machine gun, and uh, Trinity was in it. It was an intergender uh, five. Uh, I mean, five on five tag team match. So 
I got Alex Shelley, your new impact. And I'm happy that he took the belt off of Macklin. Ugh, thank God. Yeah. That was terrible. Uh, my my number five will probably never be on the fucking power rankings again, which is sad because I really like the guy. He He's really good at uh, smoking meat and barbecuing on Instagram. He's got a good taste for cigars and bourbon. Uh, I've been a big fan of him for years, and he beat Dragonov last week on NXT, which is a pretty big deal. My number five, Baron Corbin. Okay. I'm mad at it. Are they setting something up between him and Melo? Like, what are they doing with that? They're literally in the ring right now with each other. So, yes. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> if I had to answer that question, EJ, I'd say yes. <laughs> I mean, like, I think we talked about it last week. I'm not mad at them sending the people that aren't really doing much on the main roster that NXT, you know, give them some reps, let them teach the younger kids something. My number four came back this week on Collision. Got a big win. The Redeemer, Miro. Miro just, you know, I could not stand him when he was Rusev when he first came out and he was wrestling barefoot. Like, I just didn't see a star, right? And if you just think about how he transformed what his body looks like, not even his wrestling moves, just like, the overall look of him, like, it's kind of like Walter and Gunther, like two different people almost. Well, Barefoot Rusev and this mirror were two different fucking people. And he came out and fucking destroyed uh, my guy, Tony Nice, just hey, beat his ass. Uh, so Miro's my number four. My number four is Miss Trish Stratus. Thank you, Trish. She qualified for Money in the Bank on Monday. It was a disqualification. You're going to put her in the top five. Hey, you, man. Let's be real. You put her in the top five for that picture she put on Twitter yesterday. Hey, that had nothing to do that with it. That had everything to do with it. I'm being completely objective. <laughs> you so, put her on the top five for that goddamn picture. Thank you, Trish. <laughs> My number four pick. I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. (laughs) That picture deserves to be in the power rankings. (laughs) That's my number four. My number three. I'm glad you put Mirror on yours because I was debating um, him and my number three. I got Andrade El Idolo. Mm. Put on a banger with Buddy Matthews, Buddy Murphy, whatever you want to call him. It was such a good match. I'm glad he's back too. What's that? It was such a good match. Yeah, man. They beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, so. We kind of, I, I guess we kind of should have guessed that Charlotte was coming back because we knew uh, Andrade was coming back, so. <laughs> should have put two and two together. Speaking but of yeah, Charlotte, shout out to uh, Bianca Belair with the, that's the kind of shit I like what she was doing on Friday. I, I like yeah. the attitude change. I like the, I ain't taking nobody's shit. Put Charlotte in her place. I liked it. I, I enjoyed it as well. Shout out to Bianca Belair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Trish. My number three also put a great picture on the internet this week and got a win in her hometown. Sky Blue. 
You talk about me putting trash. We know how you put Sky Blue in there. Because she got a win in the tag team match against the AEW Women's Champion. She pinned Ruby Soho, but the AEW's Women's Champion was still in it. Caked up. <laughs> on, on fucking Saturday. That's your number three? My number two. I was going to put CM Punk in this, but he got bumped off the list for Baron Corbin. Um, my number two is Sting. Sting got the win last week. Sting's undefeated in AEW. Damn, that is true, man. Sting's been in AEW for three years, and he hasn't lost a match. Now he hasn't had any one-on-one matches, I don't think. But I've said this so many times. Like I complain about so much of the booking in AEW. The one fucking thing they're doing right is how they're booking Sting. Like, they make him feel like a superstar. They don't try to overdo it. He does his little crazy-ass moves. He looks like an old man when he's out there sometimes, but they're making it fucking work. Him hitting the Scorpion Death Drop on Brian Cage while Brian Cage is basically dressed like him, I thought was phenomenal. Uh, Yeah, Sting's my number two this week. Icon. I always puts a smile on my face seeing Sting out there on TNT or TBS, the Turner Network, man. You know, it hits that nostalgic bone in my body. But, yeah, I ain't mad at it. My number two is a returning superstar. Returned on Monday night. Got a big win. A pretty solid match with Miz, Tommaso Ciampa, Psycho Killer. We talked about this in the previous weeks. Ugh. This is the new workhorse of the company. <laughs> More like Tommaso Grandpa. Motherfucker looks like he's 73 years old. Hey, man. He's not using it just for men. He's just, you know, they, they progress naturally, man. I just don't like Champa. I don't know why. I've never liked him. You know what? Hey. I think it goes back to when he spoiled fucking uh, Avengers. And told everybody that Spider-Man died. Like, ever since then, I've been like, this guy's a cocksucker. Who does that? Who gets on Twitter and says Spider-Man dies? <laughs> Meanwhile, you just spoiled it for somebody who hadn't seen it, even though it's been out for years. Man. No, say it was fucking eight years ago. He, just, <laughs> he did that shit the day after it came out. <laughs> There's a big difference. Definitely a dick move. Good thing I don't follow him on social media. I don't either. Motherfuckers are retweeting it. You know how assholes are with spoilers on wrestling Twitter. It was another wrestler out there that was like kind of his gimmick spoiling stuff. I can't remember who though. Somebody researched that. But I digress. My number one is Mr. Chick Magnet Punk and the FTR tag team, CMFTR. They won the first collision main event, so I got to show them a little bit love in a solid match. My number one is the only person that could overshadow the CM Punk comeback by kicking his cousin in the fucking face, Jay Uso. Hey, I don't. I couldn't put them on our list. I was gonna give them honorable mention. I forgot to the Usos for that whole segment. But I'm not mad at it. Shout out to the Usos. Um, let's go ahead and take our final break, EJ. And if you can, while we're on break, you want to pull up the, uh, 
forbidden door card and then we'll come back and predict that and then we'll get up out of here yes sir boot to the face stay tuned Cooking a hot bus, fucking on your bitch, shit, thought, thought. Cooking up dope in the crock pot. We came from nothing to something, bruh. I don't trust nobody, get the uh. Call up the gang and they come for ya. My bitch is bad and bougie. Cooking up dope with dozy. My head is a savage, ruthless. We got thirties and hundred rounds too. So my bitch is bad and bougie. Cooking up dope with dozy. My head is a savage, ruthless. We got thirties and hundred rounds too. Willie Will! Rackets on rackets, got backings on backings. I'm riding around in the coupe. I take your bitch right from you. Bitch, I'm a dog. Beat the whole walls loose. Then hop in the frog. I tell that bitch you can come for me. Welcome back. Boot to the face. Chris Rucker, EJ Reed here on twitch.tv powered by fullpresscoverage.com. EJ, we got Forbidden Door coming up this weekend. Only a select few matches have been announced. That's sad. I, you know, a running theme of this show is the booking of AEW. How you got a goddamn pay-per-view on Saturday and only four matches have been announced? And it's a pay-per-view. It's not like the uh, PLE when people already have the subscription. You're actually trying to get buys for this, too. I don't know, man. Maybe it's some method behind the madness that we don't know about, but it seems like for a big crossover event, it should be more than four matches announced in the same week as the pay-per-view. Is there even a women's match? Not announced yet, so I guess they're going to flood us with matches uh, tomorrow on the show. Oh, my God. I can already hear Excalibur. <laughs> God damn. We're gonna have Tony Storm. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck commentates wearing a mask? I don't know why you still hung up on his mask. I don't mind it. Because <laughs> it's just a fucking asshole to me. I don't know. I, I'm not mad at uh, Excalibur being a commentator. Sometimes he trips over his work because he's going a mile a minute, but I think he knows his stuff. I think he's too nerdy. Kind of like Morrow. I didn't like Morrow either. Uh, see, I like Morrow, so maybe you like wrong. you like you also like Morrow in real like real fighting though, right? Like you like yeah. him on yeah. See, I like I how he's like a jack of all trades and does all three combat sports. I don't watch Morrow on real stuff, right? I just watch him on on wrestling. And to me, on wrestling, I, I ne- he's always trying to like throw in like cool hip hop analogies and all this other shit. And it's like. Dude, shut the fuck up. We know you don't listen to Tupac. <laughs> he might. I mean, he grew up in that era. Really? You think Mauro Ronaldo listened to Tupac? Yeah. He's not He's not that old. I can see if it was like JR. All right, we know JR ain't. But I think Mauro was born in the 70s. 
Speaking of people faking the funk, what's up with your boy LA Knight? Maybe you're gonna bring that up. He's saying he's talking about sticking something somebody up somebody's butt or something like that. His whole thing was a ripoff of The Rock on the other night on Monday. Hey, people love it. I'm is, entertained by it uh, is, until the, until the crowd starts turning on him. Right. So here's my question with LA Knight. Is he popular because he's popular and like he's over and people like it? Or is he popular because the internet is telling people he should be popular? You know how every now and then like word will get around the internet like, oh, you got to like this person. And then people kind of do it. Is that why LA Knight is popular? Is he popular because, yeah. Like, I think that's fucking hilarious. LA Knight. Like. When he does that, I think he's good. But when he goes into his thing where he's acting like The Rock the whole time, like, he almost, he, he basically does the fucking people's elbow. <laughs> um, It may be a combination of a little bit of both. Internet fans clamoring over him. But then wrestling fans love being a part of the show. And he has a catchphrase. Like, you don't see a lot of wrestlers with catchphrases nowadays. That's a good fucking point, EJ. Yeah, just keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, in the L.A. night, people could play along with it. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good fucking point. Like, why did the fucking New Age Outlaws get over? Not because they could wrestle. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, D-Generation X proudly brings you. Like, it's 20 years later. We can still say the whole fucking thing. Yeah, and I'm. it's funny you bring that up. I'm watching the Attitude Era, and I'm slowly starting to see how crowds saying it more and more every week i'm like in may of 98 right now you know what's funny about that so you know how cody comes out and everybody does a whoa i was watching the royal rumble for some reason the other day nobody did it when that part came up like when he came back for wrestlemania last year nobody did it that whoa shit just started between the royal rumble and like wrestlemania for some reason, I was thinking it was like that the whole time. It slowly started to catch fire, and we talked about this like a couple weeks back. Uh, when he was in AEW, nobody did that woes part. <laughs> yeah, and now they're getting to the point where they're singing his entire fucking song now. They're not just doing the whoa. They're like, adrenaline in my soul. They're singing the whole fucking thing. Um, but yeah, LA Night, man, I just... I think Ricochet's going to win the money in the bank. No, he's not. Just, I mean, just enjoy LA Knight for what it is. Of course, he takes a little bit of Stone Cold and The Rock, but he's making it his own. And I think Logan Paul's going to win it. <laughs> nah. Ricochet ain't winning that. I do like LA Knight, though. I know I'm critiquing him right now, but I, I do like him. I don't think he's as important and as over as a lot of people are. Like, he needs to win the world title and... They need to push him to the moon. Like, I don't. Uh, Intercontinental champion? I could see that. Tag team champion with somebody? I could see that. I don't think he's a world champion. Like, you can't go from Roman Reigns to LA Knight. No, definitely not the WWE championship. I wouldn't mind seeing him get like a month reign with that Bacato. Fugazi <laughs> world they, title? <laughs> yeah, that they made up. Kids will be winning that one. I like Rhea's version of it, but it looks better with the white strap than it does the black strap. Yeah, I, I do S- like Rhea's version. Speaking of Rhea, real quick, did you see? Did you see what happened on the internet with her? 
And they even brought it up. Corey Graves even said something about it. He told, uh, who's the guy he commentates with? I don't know that guy. The Irish Patrick, guy? Patrick something. So there was a picture floating around the internet. I thought it was a painting. Okay, this is how dumb I am. I thought it was a painting of Rhea Ripley, and it had, like, stuff on her face. Apparently, it was what the kids call a cum tribute. And somebody pulled up a picture and jacked off and came on the picture and posted it. And Rhea Ripley reposted the fucking thing on her Instagram. And everybody's... Was she doing it as like a rib or? She could have thought what I thought that somebody painted a picture of because that's what it looked like. But as I fucking researched it even more, turns out somebody like came on a picture of her and posted it and she reposted it. And so everybody on Twitter was like, does she know what she's reposting right now? And then Corey Graves brought it up and said, we saw that picture you posted of Rhea this weekend, Kevin, uh, Kevin Patrick. And I was like, that's a little off color. But yeah, that's. It's kind of. Then again, how old is Rhea? She's like 24, 25. She probably did post this shit on purpose. Yeah, she's like 26, I want to say. 27. These young but girls nowadays ain't got no cooth. I don't know. I got to look at this after the show. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even in a sick way. I, I know what to... you're saying. I know what you're saying. It's just funny how you said it. <laughs> because people are just gross nowadays and disgusting. Instead of doing that, why don't you go out and get some trim in real life instead of doing that to a picture, man? Because you can't find Rhea Ripley in real life, EJ. So? So you're going to blow your man stuff on a picture of her? What good does that do, man? Get a life. Gross. I don't know. In his mind, he just... Never mind. This, we're not even gonna go there. Bring up the forbidden door card, EJ. How we even get here? I don't, I don't know. We started with LA Knight and went off on tangent, but you know that's what makes the show charming, man. Um, it's only four matches announced. Yeah, we got MJF and Tanahashi Let me for talk the AEW World Championship. MJF said he ain't going. I do like that angle where he's not uh, threatening not to show up. <laughs> he's such a little bitch. I love it. Um, you know, Tanahashi's the ace, but he's not winning. Nah. So, what if MJF doesn't show up and CM Punk is like, you challenge the world champion, here I am. Oh, that'd be a good way to interweave storylines, but we know Tony Khan ain't thinking he's playing checkers and you thinking chess. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned how to play chess. Um, CM Punk versus Kenta would be a good idea. That's what they were like throwing out there. So they're kind of teasing. Uh, Her Punk didn't want to do it, allegedly. I don't know why he stole Kenta's move. I mean, it's only four matches announced, so maybe they'll... Pull the trigger on that this week. I feel like some of these new Japan people got to start winning. Like, they can't just have AEW beat their ass every year. Like, what's the point? Well, so you pick Tanahashi, I mean, MJF to win? Yeah, I'm going to pick MJF. MJF can't lose to Tanahashi, the ace. Well, that's a good segue of New Japan getting a win because the next match is Sonata versus Jungle Boy. But, uh, oh, yeah. 
New Japan belt. <laughs> I, of all people from AEW to get a New Japan world title shot, Jungle Boy. Nah, Jungle Boy. Like, you could have put, what's my boy's name, Alistair Black, Malachi Black in that spot. Let Ricky Starks go fight him. Yeah, Ricky Starks. Yeah, plenty of names that could have been. You know, they're still pushing the narrative of, of Jungle Boy being a pillar. Miro. Miro, Andrade. All these guys could go take a loss to the fucking New Japan World Champion, but it could still be a bigger match than Jungle Boy. I don't yeah. give a fuck about Jungle Luke Perry's not kid. Quite there yet. You know, maybe he'll live up to the expectation and rise to the occasion, man, and show out, but I don't know. I don't I wouldn't have called it. Um we got Brian Danielson versus Okada. The dream match everybody's been waiting for. I think Okada gets the win here. Mm, I think so, because Daniel Bryan just wants to go out there and wrestle. Uh, he doesn't care about wins and losses at this point. And did we pick the Sonata Jungle Boy? I got Sonata. I mean, I'll, yeah, Sonata's going to win. Even yeah, though, but, honestly, like, Sonata's not even a good New Japan World Champion. <laughs> of all the fucking good people they got over there, I don't yeah. think he should be their world champion, but I digress. Yeah, so we both got Sonata and Okada. And that brings us to the main event. We got Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. I don't think this is the main event. It's going to steal the show, though. I don't think it's the main event. You got If you got two world title matches, New Japan and AEW, you can't have a U.S. title match as the main event. But Will Ospreay has to fucking win this match. He's 0-2 against Omega. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Where did they have their first matchup at? New Japan. Oh, I didn't see their first match. Must have been when Kenny was still there, huh? Yeah. And then they had the one at Wrestle Kingdom this year. But, I, I mean, that. if Osprey goes 0-3 versus Omega, like, he's got to shut the fuck up. He can't talk no more shit on Twitter. Like, we don't believe shit you got to say anymore, boss. Like, <laughs> just enough. Already, and I like Osprey. I'm a big fan of Will Osprey. I was so happy when he won the New Japan title, and so not happy when he got hurt and had to relinquish it. Um, but he's got to beat Omega, and this will be the match of the weekend. I agree, but I'm gonna be a contrarian. I'm gonna pick Omega to win, just so we don't have all the same picks. So no no man. women's matches on Forbidden Door yet. Mm. Who do you think that's going to be the women's match to be on the card now that Mercedes is injured? I mean, you got Willow Nightingale as the New Japan champion, but she's an AEW wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. They could have some of the New Japan women. They'll probably throw some fucking six-woman tag match out there, like the Outcast versus whatever fucking... Faction is in the New Japan women's group. They'll probably have them wrestle. They'll throw some shit together at the last minute. But I think Mercedes does show up. Mm, I hope so, man. I need to see her at a U.S. promotion. I agree. I hope she shows up. 
Yeah, that's the card. All the matches they have now so far. Four fucking matches. <laughs> it's just they're probably their second biggest pay per view of the year because Forbidden Door is like a you know it's like a shit matches that you don't think you're gonna see ever. So it's right underneath All Out slash All In, and they got four matches announced. It's Tuesday. The shit's on Saturday. Ah, it's not good promotion, but we all know when the bell rings, they're going to put on a hell of a show, but they could have did a better job of marketing this. Speaking of putting on a hell of a show, Seth Rollins is on NXT right now. I'm about to defend the world title against Braun Breaker. I'm looking forward to watching that later. NXT, man, they've been putting on some bangers lately, man. They definitely right the ship. I mean, but, you know, that was their goal to, you know, break it back down into developmental and they build the characters up. So shout out to NXT. I feel like NXT quietly is like, it's like impact almost. Like people shit on it and why would you watch that? But when you watch it, you're entertained. I haven't really seen a lot of negative feedback for it lately. They were definitely last year. Yeah, when they went to the NXT 2.0 shit, people were pissed about it, but they've kind of got back to the black and gold now. Um, These motherfuckers are working already. I won't commentate anymore on it. You got any shout-outs before we get up out of here, EJ? Shout-out to everybody in the chat. We just dropped a new episode of Haymaker today. So check that out on YouTube and all the major podcast platforms. I hear y'all shit on CM Punk on that show. Not this week's episode, but check out the last episode. We did that on episode nine or eight. So check that out if you want to hear some CM Punk slander. And then I got to talk to you on uh, 80 Proof as well, man. I got to talk to whoever's in charge of this show. See if I can get a cameo over there on Haymaker. Hey. Ready for you whenever you're ready. I'm not ready. I don't know shit about MMA. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all get me on that show. I don't know shit. If it ain't about fucking Brock Lesnar or John Jones or Rampage Jackson or Misha Tate, like, I, I don't fucking know. I don't even know who's good anymore. <laughs> Nunez just like retired, didn't she? Who's that? Nunez. Yeah, she did. Yeah, but... I have no clue who fights anymore. <laughs> we'll have to do like a fun throwback episode where we just talk old school. That'd be dope. <laughs> yeah. I, I could tell you my Mount Rushmore of fighters. Y'all probably wouldn't agree with it because a lot of people would put GSP on theirs and I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do have GSP, but, you know, he wasn't my favorite either. But I'm not one of those people. <laughs> um, like you said, shout out to everybody in the chat. Thanks for uh, playing along. If you're listening on audio, please give us a like. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. Tell your friends about it. Uh, check out our link tree, which is at the top. Link tree slash boot to the face. You can go there for all of our merch. Ways to listen, ways to keep up, all of our social medias. Everything is on our link tree. Go there. Uh, for EJ Reed, I'm Chris Rucker. This has been Boots to the Face. Have fun at Forbidden Door this weekend. Peace.